Hello and welcome to the Women's Agenda podcast. My name is Angela Priestley and I'm here with Tyler Lambert. How are you, Tyler? Very good. And how are you? I'm well, thank you. So on today's episode, we'll be sharing a little bit about uh, Christine Holgate, as well as the consent video fail. And we have a little story to share about the men who created and got funding for the pink tampon removing glove that you never knew Mm. you needed. More on that to come. Okay, so Tyler, a little thing that I need to let you in on today (laughs) is that, um, and I feel like this just sums up a lot about what we do here and our lives and how hectic a lot of things are when it comes to publishing women's agenda. (laughs) I need to let you know that there are only 25 minutes left on the memory card for our uh, podcast equipment that we have here. And there's about... Podcast under the pump. 22 minutes left in this room that we have booked where we have actually set up. So (laughs) how do you feel about that? You're going to get some real pearls of wisdom then. (laughs) It's like that time that I ran out of petrol and it, it actually went to zero. I just, I can't believe that story. It still gives me anxiety even thinking about it. But what I found out for those who want to test this at home is that there is don't, actually don't more in it. the tank. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled into that petrol station and I was, I was all good. Whew. Okay, so a lot to discuss today and so we didn't get to record last week so there's a few bits and pieces floating around from last week that we will touch on as well but we do want to start with a win. So Tyler, what is your win this week? So mine is a, a significant win if it does come to fruition. Um, so some early childhood teachers um, who I genuinely feel are the cornerstone of our community. They mm-hmm. just do such amazing work having dropped my 15 month old off today as he was tantruming and teething and you know his beautiful educator came out and just took him off with you know a cuddle and like just Mm. the warmest kind of nature um I just really feel like they are the most under kind of remunerated people in our community and thankfully the Fair Work Commission has handed down a decision that supports pay rises of up to 10% for teachers in early childhood education and care services. So up to 12,000 workers could actually benefit from this. Um, which I think is significant. I also think that 10% is not enough, Mm. um, but it is a good start and hopefully that actually does come to light. But it's good to see that we're actually having this conversation Um, because at the moment, childhood educators are getting a few cents over the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. They're, you know, highly qualified professionals. They are also, you know, in charge and taking care of educating the future generations of this country. Mm. And we are doing sweet F all to to support them and to value them in the way that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. And I can say that also from somebody who also had that experience this morning of dropping a toddler at uh, daycare who was back arching out of my <laughs> arms as I tried to oh, get I him in. Unfortunately, his routine had been disturbed and he usually loves going there, so it wasn't a great morning. But just how the educators there just really came in and could see there was an issue and stepped up and somebody mm. took him outside. And I just know that he's being so well looked after there. And having seen my older children go through uh, this particular um, centre, I also know that the um, the early childhood education element is they are so passionate about it and it is so wonderful mm. to see. Yeah. So 
to, to know that this is there and it is a start, it is by all means not enough and part of it is that idea that we do need to get early childhood educators up somewhere um, comparable to primary and, and high school teachers because at the moment they are well behind yeah, in terms of pay. who are also not being remunerated fairly. Exactly, but. so this is a start. <laughs> and I just think also this kind of decision which, like I said, has to be the beginning of a lot more but um, – and we, we published a piece around this – is that we can't rely on love of the job anymore. No. Like, and that's what we're, we're basically saying. It's like we're not going to pay you enough because we know that you love the job and we know that you're passionate about children and we know that you yeah. uh, get a lot out of this work. And therefore, But we, we, we've got to end that. It has to go to cold, hard cash. Well, totally. These people need to be remunerated well, how do they for live? what they're worth. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. We've, we've got to see that the future of work is, is care and, and the mm. jobs of the future will mm-hmm. be care and the leaders of the future will be those in care and the great entrepreneurs of the future will be those who can solve some of the key challenges and issues around care. This is just the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we have done the wrong thing for too long. So let's get that one right. Mm. Okay. My win, uh, which will probably lead us into a bit of a topic, uh, (laughs) which is Christine Holgate. So I feel like I am a little a week or so too late, but I can assure you that I did write this about write about Christine Holgate a number of times <laughs> last week. So um, for those who don't know, and it would have been hard to miss this one, but Christine, uh, the former CEO of Australia Post, who was effectively fired on the floor of Parliament by the Prime Minister um, late last year over a, a saga that involved um, Christine Holgate uh, signing off on four cardio watches worth around $20,000. Uh, that went to four executives as a bonus for um, the fact that they just signed off on this deal that was worth $200 million plus. And Christine Holgate, uh, via an independent inquiry by a law firm, has been found to have done nothing wrong. And um, although that the, the final report from that was uh, handed down, I think it was the weekend before Australia Day. So we never really heard much about this, but a law firm did go and take an assessment of this and, and determined that, that that nothing untoward had actually occurred here. Christine Holgate has said herself uh, in Senate estimates that she could have actually awarded these uh, executives bonuses, uh, cash bonuses that were significantly higher than the price mm. of these watches. So and it was signed off by various other yeah. stakeholders. Yeah, there's that issue too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I really liked about this was that so Christine Holgate has been relatively quiet on this over the past few months. We have not heard from her. She came out uh, very much swinging, I guess, firstly in the, the, the written statement that she gave to uh, the parliamentary inquiry on this and very detailed, pages and pages of information. And then she obviously appeared before Senate estimates last week and was there for hours. She never was aggressive she was never even particularly emotional but rather she kind of forensically outlined the evidence and she was just entirely cool and calm and Mm. collected the entire time even um, she was taking some favorable questions from what I would say was an unlikely alliance of different senators including (laughs) uh, Senator uh, Pauline Hanson. It's a worrying day when you're looking at Pauline Hanson and just going yes stick it to them. Senator Hanson Young Um, it was it was a strange alliance and then but she also took some rather difficult questions as well and the whole time she just retained her cool and she's a, a, a beautiful speaker as well and you heard that come through and you just saw 
those leadership traits come through and I can see a lot of people have picked up on this and called on various things that Christine Holgate should go and do now. I think the best one I heard was the vaccine rollouts. <laughs> take, that, take that experience, that logistics experience, that I mean, leadership, fair. that actual desire to get something done and take it to the vaccine rollout. So that was one suggestion. But, you know, it has come out looking very favourable out of all this and the fact that she also used this opportunity to say that, you know, she never wants the level of uh, workplace bullying that she believes she has experienced to be experienced uh, by by anyone else. Um, yeah. So, well done, Christine Holgate. Also for calling out the hypocrisy of the Morrison government, for, for noting how quick Scott Morrison was to... Um, declare that, you know, Christine Holgate must go over the purchase of the, the Cardia watches when uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has said very little regarding scandals within his own ministerial mm. team. Yep. And not even yeah. just scandals, like fierce allegations of <laughs> sexual misconduct, <laughs> okay. which we have heard zero about, um, you yeah. know, and he's swiftly swept a you know, ton of various corruption scandals under the carpet. So, yeah. so scandal is yeah. probably the wrong word. I think I was more referring to some of the, you know, the certain grant programs that have favoured <laughs> uh, coalition-held seats that are mm. worth hundreds of millions of dollars. They've seen w- what's getting built where and what isn't getting built in other places and, and who holds those seats. So, yeah. yeah, nothing to say on that. Yeah. No. So no. take us to a fail. A fail. Mm. Um, so, well, if you want to know a fail, <laughs> I've got a monumental one for you. And look, the, the federal government, I felt, has been a bit quiet this week, which is a little bit disappointing for me because I feel like there have been no shortage of, of stories to really zero in on of late. Um, but lo and behold, they came through with a real <laughs> kicker yesterday. Uh, so they have um, basically... Uh, endorsed this um, video to be produced. It's an education video on consent delivered to high school students um, around Australia. Mm. So we obviously know that the issue of consent has been highly topical of late. We know that there is not enough education around this issue and that some serious work needs to be done given the the spate of allegations that um, various schools uh, Mm. have been up against. So... The actual work of it, cool, let's let's get something sorted there. But what came out of it is the most mind-blowingly bizarre oh, I can't even. It it's, was really it, bad. Was, mm. it was just <laughs> the most patronizing, condescending, um, and I think actually damaging video. So um, it's an offshoot of the Respect Matters program to support respectful relationships, education in Australian schools. But the video was, it was a young couple um, sitting together in a 1960s diner, mm. sharing a milkshake um, and chatting through elements of consent, but in a really nonsensical code mm. language that nobody could possibly yeah. decipher. Well, you wouldn't want to use actual words or anything for, for these young people. <laughs> But you wouldn't want to actually no. talk about of course. what you're meant to be talking about. Yeah. We need we need some milkshake well, you talk innuendo. And a little bit of milkshake, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, God forbid you actually label the problem and talk about the problem mm. and actually release the stigma that's associated with the issue of rape yeah. trauma and, um, and actually the fact that possibly talking about it in real terms might actually solidify what the... the 
crux of it is and the the gravity of the situation is um, for potential perpetrators of it. Mm. But the ad was written, I said, by – it was like it was written by Daggy Dad, potentially quite a religious Daggy Dad Mm. who is scared about the topic of sex and essentially it was an ad that I felt was written by Scott Morrison himself. Um, He liked that line, didn't you? I really (laughs) did. I really did. Um, But, yes, no, it was very strange. It minimised the experience of rape trauma. It sidelined characters of colour within the actual video. It treated young people like idiots um, and it distorted the reality of – by making men, it was a very strange reversal Mm -hmm. of roles. So when we know that men, young men, are typically the perpetrators of such abuse Mm -hmm. um, against women. At this age, yep. Yep. At this age. This well, video at, at many ages, I should very say, but weirdly yeah. turned that on its head and made the female protagonist the abuser. So she was the one that um, – and, and her abuse was through Milkshake, mm-hmm. might I add. So she uh, strangely kind of threw her milkshake in her boyfriend's face when he said that he didn't want to share the drink with her. Uh, and I just think that that was a really odd decision as well. Why would we do that? Is it because we think that young men are only going to be receptive to mm. the messaging if those roles are, are reversed and they are the victim? Yeah. Um, are we trying to make it an ungendered issue when it so patently is? It was just a really – it was just a monumental train wreck of a video um, mm. and it really makes for uncomfortable viewing as a female. While we're watching it as women, all we're thinking is – God, as if only a milkshake was as bad as as this actually was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, the situation is so much more grave than that. So, look, thank you again to the Morrison government for coming through with something that is just ridiculously in death at this point in time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think let's hope that we actually get some real experts. Yeah, um, listen to the experts. They're out there. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're publishing a lot of them on Women's Agenda particularly and I, I, just, I just see these uh, so many of these experts, these women who just have a so passionate, have so much to say and there's been so much research and so many recommendations mm-hmm. and they're not even invited into a room to, no. to share. And they, they tried know. to say that they had worked with our watch on this which was proven to be false mm. um, and and various various other services have come out and said that they weren't consulted on it. So, yeah, mm. let's hope we can get something better. My fail was kind of a win for a couple of the, the men involved. but um, <laughs> And we didn't mean to position this episode about being as wins and fails, but as I mentioned at the top of the conversation, <laughs> we are running out of time. <laughs> it seemed like an easy way to go about it. So my, uh, my fail went to – well, you know what? This is a fail that I feel represents basically the entire failure of the investment entrepreneurial <laughs> ecosystem. In Germany, there's a show uh, – well, the Dragon's Den, like show, like Shark Tank, you know, where you go and appear in front of the investors and you present your idea and the investors put their hands up to invest or not. So these two uh, men uh, get up and their business idea is called the pinky glove. It is exactly <laughs> what it sounds, sounds like. Gross. It's a bright pink glove. Uh. And they get up and they present the pinky glove, presented in a way where they basically say, well, we have the solution for the uh, challenge and the problem that women face with <laughs> removing ta- pa- tampons and pads. <laughs> non-existent <laughs> problem that women have. <laughs> First of all, there's so many problems here. There is a string. <laughs> oh, yeah. Second, 
Most bathrooms have running water and toilet paper and various things that may help, at least the bathrooms in the, the countries and the places where uh, women are going to be able to afford your ridiculous overpriced <laughs> pink glove. Okay. Leaving the uh, the logistical parts of removing uh, pads <laughs> and tampons aside, which do not need gloves, one of the sharks on this show, the dragons, whatever you call him, put his hand up and said, yeah, I'll invest in this. Here's 30,000 euros. So these guys go and get 30,000 euros. It's a big win. They're all photographed. They've got the three of them with their stupid pinky glove packaging uh, demonstrating excitement about how they're <laughs> going to take this to the market of the world and they're going to change how women menstruate Revolutionise. Revolutionising for it. So I just think that sums up so much that is wrong. First of all, to find that uh, men are trying to address a problem that doesn't actually exist among women. Second, that they would be in order to address... Uh, said non-existent problem is creating a marketing campaign to suggest there is some kind of problem as if it's mm. unhygienic or something yeah. to to remove pads and tampons the way that we've always been removing them and then also to go and presumably um i have there are some prices about what they're asking in terms of the pinky glove to go and paint a glove pink and charge a premium on it <laughs> For compared to the basic gloves that you would buy in in Woolworths or, or I mean, at least pinky glove isn't available in Australia. This is this is in Germany, but yeah. still, just to you know cement the point that you can go and buy disposable gloves if you want to. There's also a massive environmental issue here. Another big point that I didn't really address, and I should have in my original piece on this, but they are literally creating a pink yeah. tax, and we already have to pay for pads and tampons. Exactly. We shouldn't be doing that, but we are. Why would we need to pay for some pay for other stupid bullshit product? For your entrepreneurial <laughs> thing that doesn't exist. It's just like that was what they came up with. It's so cute. It's uh, uh, the, the, the other thing is the glove. I didn't actually see the mechanics of this, but apparently it like folds into itself and becomes Ooh. a bag. So that you because uh, oh, also like a doggy bag. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Somebody, it's been referred to as a, a doggy bag for, for tampons. Because nice. women are disgusting, apparently. Yes. So, yeah, that was... That is an epic fail. That is an epic, epic fail. I want to know who the investor is that got behind it. Do you know? Well, it, it's he's a celebrity investor. So he's a well-known person. And um, so you'll, you'll find him online. Sorry, I don't have his name in front of me. So a yeah. well-known investor in Germany. And they have gone and released a statement Benny's saying regretting that, that one now. <laughs> rethink that they are going to rethink the product that they are listening and this has gone international so you I mean if you, you you would have heard of this by now if you're listening to this podcast but um it's gone everywhere um, um with you know this story has been not my story i'm saying the general story the fact that this happened has gone everywhere mm. so they've gone and come out and said that they are rethinking the product and what they do next. Um, I don't think they've said that they'll be handing back the money or involving more women in their rethinking process. There was a photo on their Instagram with a woman sitting at a board table with themselves and the celebrity investor. And I looked at the Google, the um, German translation back to English and I couldn't actually see any reference as to who she was it's or, or token why she woman. was there. <laughs> um, but they are rethinking it, but the, the, there's nothing to rethink here. We don't need your shitty glove. That's it. <laughs> we genuinely do not. Please get and rid of it. And again, I go back to this idea that I think that we need to, you know, even what I was saying about um, supporting more people in care and the future of work being care, coming back to um, health and hygiene products, anything that makes women's lives easier, 
get women to create those solutions yep. and invest in the women in creating those solutions and encourage women to pitch to offer their ideas for those solutions and we will go so far to make the lives of women mm. so actually that easier. was a good point that i read about this story someone had um mentioned how you know there are so many um, female-led health um entrepreneurs mm. and ones that are getting solutions like period undies that yeah. aren't getting funding is it possible that i made this point in my story and that's where Quite you possibly <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of omnivorous reading. <laughs> no, a lot of people have been no, making this no, point. No, it's true. A lot of people are making this point. And there, there was a, a, a story about a, a, yeah, a German-based period undies company that had actually gone on this show and they didn't actually get any funding. Um, and I see uh, in Australia we've got our own um, Modi Body created by a female founder here yep. and amazing technology that she's created and she's not creating any additional waste with this. She's creating period washable undies basically. So the amount of um, – you know, that is – actually trying to address it's innovative and it helps the environmental yep. issue around pads and tampons so it also helps women who yeah. don't have to buy pads and tampons every month for like you know a colossal fee so yeah if we can have products like that that are actually sustainable and cost effective then that's what we're looking for yeah exactly not pink gloves also in australia <laughs> again um and we mentioned them a couple of weeks ago but kin the prescription pill service um, there's another one, and um, I think Avira. It's a, a product that you can use to relieve um, period pain. That that's created again by a female founder. That that and these companies are getting um, little bits of investments, so that's great. But that's that's like the good stuff that we want to see, and like mm. I said, that genuinely makes the lives of women yep. easier. Any final points, Tyler, before we wrap up? This has been very no. fast. This has been a, yeah, it's been a speed session podcast, but I've enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Women's Agenda podcast. Just a reminder that all the stories that we've discussed uh, can be found on our website, womensagenda.com.au forward slash subscribe is where you can go to get the newsletter so you can get the stories in your inbox just before lunchtime. A reminder also that we are running the Women's Agenda Leadership Awards on Thursday, the 29th of April. You can go on our website and check out all the finalists and there are still some tickets available to that event as well if you'd like to join us for a real-life uh, dinner event, which is particularly exciting to have on the agenda. Thanks for listening.